0: Hello, I'm Doug Bennett. Thank you for listening to my introductory podcast. I've set this podcast up because I found an old goals book way back in 2012, and I was amazed to find that I'd completed 10 out of 11 of those goals. And so that set me on a journey where I was on the edge of financial oblivion, close to bankruptcy in 2010. And now I find myself in a very comfortable position, completely different scenario to those dark days. So I'm going to share with you a number of different ways in which you can make a huge difference to your future life. So join me on a weekly basis as we work out about how goals do come true. Good morning, everybody. Today, I'm speaking to my good friend, Amanda Kassar. We have known each other for a number of years with our involvement in the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is the premier association of financial professionals. Amanda is a financial advisor, speaker, author. And as well as fitting all of this in, she likes enjoying time with Matt, her husband, both keen motorcyclists. So obviously we have a great deal in common in that respect. Amanda has a slightly different take on goals, which we would love to share. Thank you for joining me, Amanda. Good morning.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Doug. Good evening from Australia.
0: (laughs) Right. So um, what I would like you to do is tell me a bit about your story and your perspective on goals and how they have formed a part of the process to help you achieve the position you currently hold in your life.
1: Okay, um, I find goals are a really interesting thing because ever since a little person growing up, everyone's like, you know, set your goals, write them down, look at them, have your vision board, make them real and your dreams do come true. But I think if I look back on my life and I, I'd love to pretend I'm only 39, but I'm a little older than that. I don't think if I could tell my younger self that I'm in the position now as a younger person, I don't think I could have ever imagined that, you know, I'd, I'd have a home that, and I'd built four homes and I'd be a mum of children who are in their 20s and I'm a business owner and I've written a course and I've got a book and, you know, I've travelled to over, you know, 35 countries on the planet. I, I don't think a young me would have ever put those things down as, as something she would have achieved. So how I've, I suppose, gotten to the place where I am now, which you know, I think my 16-year-old self would be very excited to know that that was all ahead, was more by being available to take advantage of opportunities, and probably for me that's just as important as having goals.
0: So taking advantage of opportunities as they come along?
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of times things come up and we think oh look it's not the right time i'm too busy i've got little people my business is really you know just struggling to start right now we make so many excuses rather than going i'm going to give that a crack jumping in both feet learning how to do it along the way and you know i hear so many people go i I wish i'd taken advantage or when that house went cheaply 20 years ago i wish i'd done that or i remember driving through um Surface Paradise, which is a hot tourist spot on the Gold Coast, and my father telling me that you know this this cinema complex now he could have picked up in the you know fifties or sixties for thirty thousand dollars. I'm like, Dad, don't want to hear about it. <laughs> like, don't want to hear about the opportunities you never talk.
0: Yeah, so, no, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I think you know everybody probably has something they've looked back on and gone, should have done that. And yeah, it, those those are the things that can change our life.
0: Yes. So, I mean, a lot of people say about, you know, you don't want to be on your deathbed looking back at all the wish I had.
1: Yeah, the regrets.
0: And the yeah. regrets. Uh, I'm, I'm very much of the same opinion in that respect. Of You know, people say, shall we do? It's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, and we, and you though. find a way. You find a way. You, you to, do. To either afford it or, or to find the time or to, you know, adjust things yeah. to suit. So in that respect, I mean, you know, so you have your different slant on goals, but do you write any down at all?
1: Only when I'm sitting in a meeting and they go, right, where do you see yourself in five years or 10 years? (laughs) Okay. Um, So, yes, I do, and I'm a big fan of coaching. And, look, if I wasn't coached, I probably wouldn't take the time to go, right, what do you want to achieve in the next three months? What do you want to do in the next 12 months? What does the next five or ten years look like? So, absolutely, when I am making the time to be coached, I definitely sit down and do that. But, look, is it something I naturally go... Oh look! I think I'd like to have you know five advisors in my business and a mortgage company in ten years. Time. No, I don't naturally think I should sit down and write my goals out today.
0: Okay, so you you need an accountability, buddy, really, or, or you know, some, somebody pushing Absolutely. you along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, found, I find myself in that position as well. Now he's just joined me also the, this week, so I'm I'm quite excited about that. Somebody that's going to um, push me along. I was going to use a rather cruder term, but. Uh, <laughs>
1: I can't believe that don't. we
0: can't do that so really uh, ordinarily i'd say you know what's your big hairy audacious goal but um i'm guessing is is there one at the moment or or is it
1: well i have just achieved one and yes yes there is another one in the works um cool. i wrote a book a couple of years ago, which you very kindly um, volunteered to star in a chapter for me. And one of the ladies I interviewed shared very bravely her story of financial abuse, which, look, being in a long-term respectful relationship, I just had no idea what that was, hadn't come across it in my financial planning practice and wanted to know more about it and ended ended up partnering with somebody else who saw my vision and have now... Rolled out with um, the help of Standards International UK, a course for advisors globally to become experts in financial abuse. So that was probably 12 to 18 months in the making. I'd never written a course before, especially about something I knew very little about. Um, so that was pretty exciting to, re, you know, have that idea, you know, given birth to, collaborate with someone, and make that a reality that was really exciting and i think my next book will be based on on that so the end consumer of the course is financial professionals but I, I think we also need to be looking at how do we roll this out to the end consumer so that family members or friends or acquaintances or, you know, other people can go, look, I've seen something I'm really not comfortable with there. I don't even know how to approach this. Yeah. Uh, what are some ideas? So they're my next two, you know, how do I repurpose this this course for an end consumer and write a book that, you know, it probably isn't going to fly off the shelves. People don't want to, you know, often feel uncomfortable, but, i find it's it's a missing resource there's not a lot out there available in that space so would like to fill that niche yeah
0: well no that's i mean that's good i mean and, and i think that's something that we find uh, amongst the mdrt members you know we're always trying to do that little something extra
1: About giving back the whole community and i, I think that's what i love most about the mdrt community
0: yes although uh, you know this is a generic podcast for the the global world and Sadly, if you're not part of MDRT, well, you know, you need to become a financial advisor or I mean, insurance <laughs> professional. Where we
1: met, wasn't it? Yeah, so, so,
0: that you that can, uh, <laughs> so that you can take advantage of it. So what would you say is, aside from those, you know, big projects, the, the new book and, and getting the, uh, the financial abuse situation out to the end consumer, what other things are going on in, in Amanda's world? Um,
1: at the moment, we're looking to build a home. And we want it to be a multi-generational living space. So I have two adult children. They both have partners now. And we'd also like that if down the track um, our parents become incapacitated that, you know, we, we have living space for them. So we've got a couple of acres that we're turning into our little paradise. We just have what do you call these neighbours that just try and sabotage everything you do? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, day by those. day we're, we're dealing with a recalcitrant neighbour who runs off to council to dob on every you know step we take. So that, that that's one day at a time. Uh, my husband's anxiety is through the roof with that. So that's very much step by step. And I've just found out this week that we have um, a rare syndrome in my family called Fragile X, um, which has caused mental impairment to my young nephew and severe health issues in my 15-year-old niece who has just gone into menopause. So that as a family issue, we're now, I suppose, trialling and testing to see how the rest of the family will, will go through that. My mother's in crikey. hospital at the moment. So oh, crikey. Yeah, so look, there's, there's always... Every family's got, you know, something going on and with what's happening in the world at the moment, I think trying to remember to be kind is is such an important thing because you just... You don't know what anybody's going through at any given moment. So it's such a great personal reminder to go take a breath, take a step back. You know, people are showing signs of stress and anxiety, and, you know, things aren't going the way our lives panned out. I mean, we thought cars would be flying by now. Now the planes aren't even flying. In <laughs> it's certainly not the world we thought we'd be living in that's for sure
0: no that no well that is for sure that is for sure but yeah kindness um you know again great believer in that doesn't cost anything to be kind and um you, you really don't know what other people's journeys are where they are in that and and what they've been through so uh there's, a, there's no harm in being kind no
1: that's right doesn't take anything does
0: it doesn't cost a thing so You've mentioned that uh, you, you seize the day sort of thing, you know, in, in your uh, philosophy. So have you got an example of an opportunity that you've um, embraced and it had unexpected consequences for you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a member in Australia of the largest, I suppose, women's network here um, called Business Chicks. It's all about a bunch of girls lifting each other up pretty much and, um, And the CEO was launching on the Gold Coast probably some five or six years ago. And she took me aside and said, Amanda, look, we run these leadership programs where we go off to darkest Africa. We're partnered with a charity called The Hunger Project. Um, Up to 20 women go off and learn about leadership from some of the poorest people on earth. I really think you should do it. And it was one of those moments where I went, oh, really? Like I'd seen these women and thought, oh, they're amazing. How cool are they? Look at them raising the $10,000. They're incredible. I could never do that. My version of charity at that stage was, you know, going through my wardrobe every few years and, you know, giving a bag of clothes I didn't want anymore to the charity shop or, you know, the lifesavers would come around at the um, traffic lights in Australia and, you know, shake the the barrel and you put a few dollars in. So philanthropy wasn't something that I was overly familiar with and it was a really daunting task so firstly for someone who'd never done fundraising I needed to fundraise ten thousand dollars for the charity
0: that's a lot of Um, money
1: it is so that was the first part of the leadership journey and the second part is you've got to um, also cover all your own expenses which was about five or six thousand dollars to get myself off at the start it was supposed to be Ethiopia which then the civil unrest sort of came in and it got changed to Uganda so It was one of those things where I sort of went, oh, that's so not me. But the more I thought about it, all I could think of was, Amanda, you're just making excuses. (laughs) It's, you know what, my kids are teenagers, they'll survive. It's only two weeks. There's people who can run my business without me. So everything that I ended up going, I can't do it for all these reasons, I ended up going, you know, why not just yeah, jump in feet first, you know, take a big bite too really quickly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> see how it goes, and you know, it's so daunting when you're sitting there with zero dollars in the bank, going right, how how do I get ten grand? I I don't know. Um, you know, I I don't like putting my hand out and asking. So, that was such a massive journey for me to to end up in uh, Uganda, and I was I think so blown away and touched and humbled by the experience and my learnings that I actually signed up again to do it the following year. (laughs) So I ended up in uh, Malawi. And, look, I tacked on a couple of personal days at the end of each of them. So I ended up trekking in the impenetrable forest with the silverback gorillas in Uganda. I went uh, diving in Lake Malawi when I was there and then signed up a third time and last year went to India to see how they run the program there. So it was one of those things that just put me in touch with a lot of perspective how lucky we are um you know i i think we have an obligation to absolutely help those who are less fortunate i i don't like the idea of a handout and i think what the the hunger project taught me was a hand up is so much more dignified and the people we met it's all about education so they had to overcome poverty themselves the hunger project won't do um handouts they've found you know these aid organizations come in give a bunch of handouts walk away and often leave the people in a worse situation than they were before and like i even said look can i take over a bunch of t-shirts or notepads or pencils and they actually showed me an article where back in the 80s when you know everybody was saying you know save the children in africa they're starving let's give them all the clothes it actually shut down manufacturing in africa and put more people thousands and thousands more people out of work because they were just, you know, and you still walk around today and see them wearing the gap t shirts and, you know, these brand names from America that you know, so you there's you know, we, we think sometimes we're being kind and we're actually doing the wrong thing. Yeah. So okay. that to me was an, an eye opening um, consequence. Um and working out, you know, what, what do people need? And it just tied in so much with with what we do for a living. So the Hunger Project talks about vision, commitment and action, and all I could think of was as a financial advisor, that's exactly what we do. We're the only people probably who sit down and go, so what are your goals? You know, so where they're teasing out what people want to do, how they want to retire, what legacy they want to leave for their family, what action are you going to take to put that into place, which is where we come in with, you know, the lovely plans and ideas, mm-hmm. and then the action can be the, the ongoing, how do we implement this? Yeah. So, you know, it's that three-step process, and to me it was just... You know, one of those mind-blowing wow moments. But the first thing they do is work on mindset. So there's no point going into the village, going right. We can teach you guys how to get out of poverty if they're going. We don't believe you. Sure, yeah. how? Like we don't. We don't care. So it can take up to two years to help a village understand that look, these techniques do work. They have worked before, uh, which was really funny because going to see the gorillas. It also takes them two years to habituate them to humans coming around so i thought okay that's a really good thing because often we like i'll oh, just change your mind on that is it, how, why is it so hard for you to see this then <laughs> again okay maybe it does take a couple of years to get things through ethics sometimes.
0: that's a, that's an interesting point actually yeah i mean we we we, we all expect people if, we, if you've got a positive mindset yourself you naturally believe it's like well you know you just change your state I don't know how many times I've said that to Bonnie. Yeah. And and naturally it doesn't work. So it, it does. You've, you've just got to take your time on, on these things. But, yeah, believe in the end process, I think.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's what it turns around and, and becomes. So they were, they were just such beautiful lessons in humility and perspective and mindset and growth and change for me that it was just, you know, believing when somebody said to me, I think you're ready, and I'm sitting there going, what the? No, really? <laughs> then, well, mm. She believed enough, maybe it's true, and, and to take that step. So it, it was only somebody going, you know, offering that opportunity because I certainly wouldn't have grasped it otherwise if they hadn't said, it's time. Yes. Because I do tell other people that they're not ready because it's very confronting yes. to go from our beautiful, privileged Western lifestyle into a mud hut you know, with somebody living on a dollar a day cracking rocks. Um, yeah. It's not pretty. It is confronting. And there's a lot of overwhelm. There's a lot of anger at the disparity. I ended up with a God complex. Why can't we save them all? Yes. Um, anger at it. So, And then just in the end, trusting the process um, that, you know, the right people are, are trying to do the right thing and, no, we can't save them all and it's not my job to do that anyway. But it, it was such a massive Journey, and I I think it's still ongoing. I'm still processing some of the lessons I've learned from those experiences, but it was just saying yes and then figuring out how to do it along the way. (laughs) So, yeah,
0: for me, that's the biggest takeaway uh, from today is like, you know, if you get an opportunity to do something, don't think about all the reasons why you can't,
1: which I totally did.
0: (laughs) Just say yes, just say yes, and then. yeah, and yeah, and and it will work out for you. Okay, well that's that's excellent. Have you got anything else that you would like to share with the world? We're going to make sure that you know people can get hold of you, and we'll make sure that there's a link to the Hunger Project in the uh, notes under the the section today, so people can find out more about it. But have you got any last nuggets to add, Amanda, before we close off for today?
1: I think a lot of people hear that and think, okay, well I better get a bucket list prepared. You know, what are the things I want to do before I drop off the perch? And although that, I think, is a fabulous idea, I've also got a list where when I've ticked all those things off, um, I go back through that list and go, what wonderful experiences I've had. If I had to drop off my perch tomorrow, I think I've accomplished more than I ever thought I would. And I I think by the time I finally realise that, it was such a calming, beautiful place to be. To go, you know what? I I'm I'm really comfortable that I've I've ticked so many boxes and more than I thought I would. And if I I don't want to shuffle off this mortal coil just yet. There's there's no. still so many things I'd love to do.
0: Absolutely. But
1: I wouldn't be on my deathbed going shoulda woulda coulda. Wish yeah. I'd taken the opportunities. Um, I'm, I'm very, very happy with, with the experiences and the joy that I've, I've had in my life. Um, please don't think everything's been plain sailing. <laughs> um, nobody's life has. Um, no. But it's, it's a very nice place to be. And I, I think if, if you're not there yet, work out what will get you there. What, what, would, what are the things you need to do to get to a place where you go, you know what, I'm good, I'm, I'm happy. So it's a big deal.
0: That's that's great. Thank you very much Amanda. That's a, that's a super super way to end this this week's episode. Thank you very thank much for joining me having... all away from Australia. I had to get up early to be here, but you know these things have to be done. But Amanda, thank you very much indeed. Thank you for your time. Not a
1: problem. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's Goals Do Come True. If you want to be held accountable Email your list of goals to doug at dougbennett.co.uk and to find out about my latest talks and upcoming book, visit dougbennett.co.uk.